And then it was from there that that was an immediate overnight 300% increase in my conversions by just answering the phone differently. This is the Paul Goff Audio Experience, business lessons for physical therapists. My name is Paul Goff, former professional soccer physical therapist turned successful business owner and best-selling author from the UK. Each week, we answer your questions and bring you an inspiring story or person from the global physical therapy community. This show is dedicated to sharing with you everything you need to know to become hugely successful in private practice. Thanks for joining me today. Now let the class begin. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Paul Goff Audio Experience. It is Jake, your content editor and social media producer here. I'm very excited to bring you this episode and the first episode of 2021. So thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Paul Goff Audio Experience. Today, I've picked out a very special uh, interview, a very special segment of an interview. Um, This one is from Jake Berman down in Naples, Florida. In this interview, you'll hear how Paul was able to help him revolutionize his marketing. After working with Paul, Jake went from six to eight visits a week to over 40. He was able to help his leads uh, be comfortable paying with cash for his services, cutting down on that pesky reimbursement rate that you get from the insurance companies. And he shares his biggest marketing breakthrough after working with Paul. It was something he never would have done unless he worked with Paul. And he reveals it here on this podcast. So turn it up loud. Listen close. And if you like this podcast, please head to paulgoffbooks.com to get your copy of one of Paul's best-selling books. Whether you need help with marketing, sales, or hiring, there'll be a book there for you. So check it out, paulgoffbooks.com, and enjoy this episode. Talk to you later, guys. Bye. Jack, welcome to the show. All right. Thank you for having me. My absolute pleasure. Um, So tell us about your... um, Obviously, I know you very well. So tell us uh, and the people listening to the podcast um, about your business and ultimately how you got started. Okay, so I graduated in 2012, worked in the Panhandle for a year and a half, and then worked in Jacksonville for a year and a half in in in-network clinics, and then moved back to Naples where I'm from. And the goal was to always open up my own clinic but I didn't know that I was going to open it up out of network. So I opened up 100% out of network in October, 2015. And I was a one man band in a little tiny 300 square foot office and got the ball rolling. That's how I got started in October, 2015. And then um, we have seasons down here. So it's called snowbird season and it's typically from October through Easter but it really hits hard in January through Easter. So my first year in business, I was seeing around six to eight visits per week, which was not good. 40 was my goal. And then my second year in business, I was seeing 40 to 42 visits a week and I was maxed out there and I couldn't um, physically take on anymore. It was just too much. So I knew that by the third year that it, it was time to make a decision and we had to look for a bigger premises and hire some people and grow this thing. I remember speaking to you and I remember that conversation uh, probably three years ago now where you were in that box room and you were at that point of 
I think it probably was, you know, a few visits a week that you said um, at the time that your, you know, your business just hadn't got, got off the ground. It hadn't got going. So what, what did you do ultimately? What was the change? So we, we, you know, we've watched that go from in year one, uh, six to eight visits to 40 to 42 in year two, ultimately help people understand how that was, you know, it was three, four hundred percent growth in your business. Ultimately, what did, what happened? What did you do? Well, the easiest thing was I pretty much in my mind at the time was I gambled away over 50% of my bank balance and paid it to you and bought the accelerator program or business growth, or I guess it must've been accelerator program that you started with. Yeah. And then within the first week of doing that, the thing that I changed was I answered the phone differently. Yeah. From there, that, that was an immediate overnight, 300% increase in my conversions by just answering the phone differently. So that really was the beginning of the catalyst going in the right direction. Could you give us an example? What, what were you doing versus what you know, might have led that, that give you the bump you're looking for? So I'm out of network, 100% out of network. So one of the most common first questions people ask when they call is, do you take my insurance? And I used to answer the question. I would say, no, but this is what I do. I'm an amazing manual therapist and I'm going to get you better as fast as possible. It's only going to take two or three sessions and you're going to feel great. And come to find out after uh, hanging out in the Paul Golf world that the, the game was already over as soon as I said no, no, but. So as soon as I answered the phone and answered that first question, no, but the game was already over. So it didn't matter what else I said. So that's what I used to say. And now what I say is, well, I'd love to answer that question, but do you mind if I ask you a few questions to see if I can even help you in the first place? And that just completely transitions the attention from insurance to letting me ask these questions and getting to build trust. And I'm able to show value through this 10, 15 minute long conversation. And then we circle back around at the end and come back to that question what about actually getting people to call you what what did you do so yeah you took the program you took the accelerator program but what was the thing that started to get the phone to ring uh, more often for you that, that caused this growth in that early uh, first couple of years of business so the what it usually or what it what it was mostly is word of mouth initially but then once i started learning that i had to do actual marketing yeah. and spend my money wisely then i went into the newspaper the newspaper was one of the first commitments that i made and before meeting you and learning all your strategies it would have been the last thing i ever would have spent money on because everybody says that newspaper is dead newspaper doesn't work it's the worst money that you can spend and it's so expensive you won't get anything out of it but then after going through the accelerator program, it's like, well, yeah, you're saying the wrong thing. Yes. So I started running ads in the newspaper and that was like instantaneously phone starts ringing. And it's like, oh shit, now I got to figure something out. The phone's ringing. But yeah. that was the biggest thing I started doing. And then I guess the second biggest thing would be, I don't know if I was doing Google yet. Well, I think I was doing Google, but then I started doing a lot, a lot more social media presence. So yeah. 
getting more comfortable on Facebook and doing consistent, regular Facebook videos and just being more of a presence on Facebook. Yeah. I think what I love about after going through the accelerator program, it's like, well, yeah, you're saying the wrong thing. Yes. So I started running ads in the newspaper and that was like instantaneously phone starts ringing. People love you and know who you are and you have an amazing personality. And I think that's one of the things that you've done better than, or certainly as well as anybody I've seen is use your biggest asset, which is ultimately your personality, whether that be through Facebook, whether that be on social media, whether that, you know, comes across on the telephone when people call you, it's not being frightened to be ultimately who you are and ultimately what you want and what you stand for in your business that I guess, as we talk today, you know, as we get into this about how you've ultimately got to the point now of, of almost no uh, treatment time in your business, that strong personality that you've got um, at the same time can occasionally, and, and I include myself in this, can sometimes get us into trouble, if you like, as we grow a business. But at the same time, in the end, as we come through the challenges and struggles, if you like, of growing a business, it's nearly always because we stay true to who we are and we stay true to what we believe in. And it's not necessary that we're shackled by how the profession thinks this, you know, type of person should behave or perform or be on social media and uh, so on. So speak to me a little bit about that. Cause I think you're, you're one of our certainly massive advocates of somebody who lives like that. <laughs> so <laughs> when I first started the Facebook videos, they were all content yeah. and I swear it took me 10, 15, 20 takes of doing the video over and over again, because as soon as I would stutter or say the wrong word or say something, I would stop it, throw that yeah. video away and retake it again. I was sweating profusely by the end of the video. And then along the way, I started realizing that people don't care about that stuff. You kept saying multiple times, listen, people are going on Facebook to smile. Yeah. And, and you would say, I remember you saying this explicitly, you said, my only goal of my Facebook post is to make Mary's day. So Mary's yeah. your perfect patient. And once I realized that, I was like, screw this, I'm just going to have some fun videos. And so I just get on there and, you know, goof around and be able to be a smart ass like I usually am and pull out the mullet Mondays and make silly videos. And then you know, now it's like nine to one. So I'll do nine funny videos yeah. to every one content video. And the the people are watching them now are getting views opposed to every time I, when I was doing 100% content videos, it's like three people watch this video. Yes. It's like, what the hell? I put all this work into it and nobody's watching it. Yeah, who knew? Who knew that people care more about you as the person uh, than you as the physical therapist? Yeah. So we're two years in, uh, we're now at 40 to 42, let's say visits a week, a big decision. You, you run out, you're out of space. So it's you in a box room. You're making good money at this point, people coming through the door, but a big decision. Um, tell us about buying your own premises. Yeah, that was really scary. So like I said, I was in a 300 something square foot office. I knew I needed somewhere around double that space. If I was going to bring on another physical therapists, another, or bring on a PT and a admin. So I was looking, 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 couldn't find anything. And then my building manager said, are you interested in buying something? And I was like, well, hell, I don't know. What was it look like? And she said, it's a 15 or I guess it's a 1580 square foot place right next door to me, literally through the wall. 
Yeah. So the location couldn't have been any better. And I was like, holy shit, that is way too big. That's much bigger than I'm ready for. But long story short, I was... You did it anyway. I did it anyways because another thing that you said a long time ago was prepare for success, don't react to it. And that's what happened to me in my second year was, you know, my first year was seven visits a week. I was not prepared for 40 visits a week, maxed out. I couldn't literally take anybody on. So then I was reacting to success. So then my third year, I'm like, let's prepare for success. Screw it. Let's go all in and buy this place. So now I'm committed. Now we have to make this thing work. Burn the boat, as Tony Robbins says. Yeah. Prepare for success. Um, don't react to success. I'm going to highlight, I'll talk a little bit about that. So what it means for the person listening to this is a lot of businesses get stuck because they quite literally never expect to be successful. So when they're in recruitment mode, they're always hiring somebody to balance the equilibrium. They're always hiring to, to kind of manage what they've got and therefore there's no forward growth in the business. It's always we're over uh, inundated with phone calls and therefore the quality drops and people get stressed and people start leaving. There is a scramble to hire somebody and so anybody or anybody is um, is hired just to manage what uh, what they've got. There's no planning, there's no thought, there's no uh, you know, real understanding of what problems we've got and the type of person that we need and as a result, the business starts to get filled with people that necessarily aren't right for the job. There ends up being more people than is actually needed. People, uh, businesses usually end up with more staff who are paid less. And really what we want is usually, you know, in an efficient company is less staff paid more. And none of this type of thought goes on. Um, and usually again with buildings, it's the cheapest, smallest uh, commitment possible that invariably within a year or two, you're out of space and you're constantly having to, to look and hope that you can find somewhere that is um, you know, able to cope with the demand that you've got. So what Jake did there really was looked at it and said, okay, um, if I move to a space that only you know, gives me a slight room for growth, then ultimately I'm going to have to move again within a year. And the cost of that and the time involved in that and the focus being lost on his business while looking for a premises is again the tiny things that distract businesses. That what we're talking about here on this podcast is ultimately leaders and CEOs, and this is the types of decisions that that we make, is that it isn't necessarily just living for today or balancing the equilibrium, but at the same time, it's not necessarily risking the farm and you know kind of putting the kids in jeopardy and their healthcare and so on and so forth. It's just making a calculated decision to a plan that says, here's where I want my business to look like in the next three to five years, that assuming that I take the necessary action, I have a very, very good chance of, of pulling this thing off. And that's ultimately what Jake um, did there. So we get the premises, we're a couple of years in. Um, you've ultimately now got, you've now got your own uh, premises and you have more space than you know what to do with. What do we do next? <laughs> <laughs> so now we have to fill it, fill it with employees. What happens next? Correct. <laughs> so we need, you know, we, we've got some space. Ultimately, we have an asset, if you like, in a building or a plant um, that now is capable of serving more people. Um, what do we do next? Oh man, that was, so one of the guys that I went to, or I got my first job with up in the panhandle, it, we were roommates together for two years up there. We kept in touch over the years and I talked him into coming down and being my first PT. So, but I told him, I was like, listen, I can't commit to giving you a salary. So would you be willing to come on 
as a contract worker, we'll build your schedule up as fast as possible and switch you over to salary yeah. and help me get this thing rolling. He agreed to do it. And he came on in one week after hurricane Irma. Okay. And we ended up filling his schedule within a month. I couldn't believe it. We went from like zero to filling his schedule in a month. But again, for full context, this was in October now. And October is our soft start of our snowbird yeah. season. So people were piling into town. And the strategy I was using to fill his schedule up was, I was saying, listen, this is David, my new PT. He taught me most of the manual skills that I know. Go ahead and give him a try. See if, you know, let him see what he can do. Nice. Um, I love that. A little bit of a, a stretch of the truth there, but he is a very, very good manual therapist. Uh, we have different treating strategies, but he is very good, very qualified. And I knew with 100% confidence that if my quote unquote, my patients were willing to go see him, that he would steal them from me. And that was my goal. So that's one of the big challenges that people face when they're trying to get to that true CEO, true leader of a business. It's ultimately, you can't, it's almost impossible to grow a business if you are the one shackled with all of the patients. We have a business of sorts that is usually out of sorts, if you like, in that you have a business owner trying to be the um, accountant trying or the finance person, trying to be the marketer, trying to be the recruiter, trying to be the person that is just pretty much involved in everything as well as treating patients for 30 hours a week. How... Um, how ultimately did you deal with that from a mindset point of view? So what, you know, what was going through your head? You, you were pretty ruthless very quickly about this isn't going to be Jake Burnham treating people for 25 years. Although I think one, at one time it might've been, mightn't it? If I remember the conversation. So you talk to me about that, that you are the classic. If there's anybody I've converted, if you like to, to planet Paul's way of thinking that is, there is, um, there is another way, shall we say, of uh, making money out of a physical therapy business than being a slave to the treatment room all day, every day. You would be one of my top converts. So tell me about the mindset that you had, the mindset that you've got today, and ultimately how you crossed that bridge. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I guess it was, um, I don't know if it was arrogance or confidence, however you want to say it, but when I first learned, learned, when I first started learning these manual techniques and getting the results that I was getting, it just, it blew my mind. And I, the impact that I was making on these people's lives. And I was like, just completely infatuated with it. I was like, I just want to become the best manual therapist in the country. That was my goal. And then after going through accelerator, I think it was actually after the, it was before accelerator, did I go to Alexandria before yeah, Accelerator? We, I remember this conversation because this was, um, you did Accelerator and then you came to my three-day boot camp. And I remember walking around um, DC. We were outside the bloody White House at the time. And um, you telling me that I'd ruined, I, I can't remember the exact words, but I'd ruined your desires or dreams to be the world's best PT. And I, I remember the conversation yeah. very, very well. Yeah, it was after Accelerator. Then we went to that Alexandria boot camp. And after being in a group with other PT business owners and just hearing you talk, but actually getting to see you in person, that was the, that was the real thing, or that was the biggest thing was seeing that you were a real person, not this, this person that's on the computer yeah. from the other side of the lake that did this thing where he opened up four clinics, cash clinics in the socialized medicine. Um, 
country, but being able to see you in person and then hear that you actually did it. And then the biggest thing was the, the turning point was realizing that you weren't 60 years old, that you're actually young yeah. at the time. You're not young anymore, <laughs> <laughs> but you were young at the time. younger like, since I've moved to Florida. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I was like, holy shit, man, this guy did all of this four clinics yeah. and he's only this old. Why, why don't I just do that? Screw the treating. Let's, let's run this business. Look at the lifestyle that I could provide for my family. If I become a business owner, opposed to when I'm the only, when I'm the one man band, when I'm the best manual therapist, guess what? I don't have free time Correct. to spend with my family. And I didn't see it that way. I was just looking at the the salary, the revenue that I was generating, which was very profitable, you know, in a 300 square foot office by myself with a full schedule. Yeah. I mean, that was insane profit. The most profit I've made till to this day, like is just insane because there's no expenses, yes. but I didn't have any time. No that way. was the biggest thing. When you kept, when you started telling me about this time thing, I was like, Oh, that that's it. Game changer. I don't, I could care less about continuing ed anymore. That's, that's, <laughs> fi let's figure out how to run this business thing. I want time. It's, it's a wonderful um, thing because the pursuit, the pursuit, you know, we think of in business is money all the time, but ultimately the real gold, the real game, the real lottery ticket, if you like, is uh, time and money. It's not just money. And, and um, you know, there's a way actually to do both if you do it right, which I think there's only, there's only a, you can only you know live the the real and i remember somebody telling me this years ago before i'd really got heavy into business might have been even in sport when i was in professional sport at the time somebody said really there's only there's only a few ways to really make it big in in life in, in terms of you know the, the financial freedom and the time freedom that you want you either become a movie star you become a sports star or you run a business that's it thank you for listening to paul goff's audio experience if you're new to Paul's world, head to paulgoffbooks.com where you can see Paul's collection of best-selling books for physical therapists. Whether you're looking for a solution to your marketing, sales, hiring, or want to be the best leader for your clinic, there's a resource for you there. Or if you have any questions, email me and the team at paul at paulgoff.com and we'll be glad to help.